Section 17 of The World's Famous Orations, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Famous Orations, Volume 2. The Second Oration Against Mark Antony by Cicero, Part 2. O oh, miserable man! if you are aware more miserable still if you are not aware that this is recorded in writings is handed down to men's recollection that our very latest posterity in the most distant ages will never forget this fact that the consuls were expelled from italy and with them cnaeus pompeius who was the glory and light of the empire of the roman people that all the men of consular rank whose health would allow them to share in that disaster and that flight and the praetors and men of praetorian rank and the tribunes of the people and a great part of the senate and all the flower of the youth of the city and in a word the republic itself was driven out and expelled from its abode as then there is in seeds the cause which produces trees and plants so of this most lamentable war you were the seed do you conscript fathers grieve that these armies of the roman people have been slain it is antonius who slew them do you regret your most illustrious citizens it is antonius again who has deprived you of them the authority of this order is overthrown it is antonius who has overthrown it everything in short which we have seen since that time and what misfortune is there that we have not seen we shall if we argue rightly attribute wholly to antonius as helen was to the trojans so has that man been to this republic the cause of war the cause of mischief the cause of ruin the rest of his tribuneship was like the beginning he did everything which the senate had labored to prevent as being impossible to be done consistently with the safety of the republic and see now how gratuitously wicked he was in accomplishing his wickedness then in this same tribuneship when caesar while on his way into spain had given him italy to trample on what journeys did he make in every direction how did he visit the municipal towns i know that i am only speaking of matters which have been discussed in every one's conversation and that the things which i am saying and i am going to say are better known to every one who was in italy at the time than to me who was not still i mention the particulars of his conduct although my speech cannot possibly come up to your own personal knowledge when was such wickedness ever heard of as existing upon earth or such shamelessness or such open infamy the tribune of the people was borne along in a chariot lictors crowned with laurels preceding him among whom on an open litter was carried an actress whom honourable men citizens of the different municipalities coming out from their towns under compulsion to meet him saluted not by the name by which he was well known on that stage but by that of alumnia footnote a note to mr huge's translation 
explains that this woman was a courtesan who had been enfranchised by her master Volonmius, and that the name of Volonmia was dear to the Romans is that of the wife of Coriolanus, to whose entreaties he had yielded when he drew off his army from the neighborhood of Rome. End footnote. A car followed full of pimps, then a lot of debauched companions, and then his mother, utterly neglected, followed the mistress of her profligate son as if she had been her daughter-in-law. Oh, the disastrous fecundity of that miserable woman! With the marks of such wickedness as this did that fellow stamp every municipality and prefecture and colony, and in short the whole of Italy. When victorious you returned with the legions from Thessaly to Brundusium, there you did not put me to death. It was a great kindness, for I confess that you could have done it, but there was no one of those men who were with you at that time, who did not think that I ought to be spared. For so great is men's affection for their country, that I was scared even in the eyes of your legions, because they recollected that the country had been saved by me. However, grant that you did give me what you did not take away from me, and that I have my life as a present from you, since it was not taken from me by you, was it possible for me, after all your insults, to regard that kindness of yours as I regarded it at first, especially after you saw that you must hear this reply from me? You came to Brudusium to the bosom and embraces of your actress. What is the matter? Am I speaking falsely? How miserable is it not to be able to deny a fact which it is disgraceful to confess. If you had no shame before the municipal towns, had you none even before your veteran army? For what soldier was there who did not see her at Brundusium? Who was there who did not know that she had come so many days' journey to congratulate you? Who was there who did not grieve that he was so late in finding out how worthless a man he had been following? Again, you made a tour through Italy with that same actress for your companion. Cruel and miserable was the way in which you led your soldiers into the towns. Shameful was the pillage in every city of gold and silver, and above all, of wine. And besides all this, while Caesar knew nothing about it, as he was at Alexandria, Antonius, by the kindness of Caesar's friends, was appointed his master of the horse. Then he thought that he could live with Hippia by virtue of his office, and that he might give horses, which were the property of the state, to Sergius the buffoon. At that time he had selected for himself to live in, not the house which he now dishonors, but that of Marcus Piso. Why need I mention his decrees, his robberies, the possessions of inheritances which were given him, and those, too, which were seized by him. Want compelled him. He did not know where to turn. The great inheritance from Lucius Rubrius, and that the other from Lucius Tercilius, had not come to him. He had not yet succeeded as an unexpected heir to the place of Cnaeus Pompeius, and of many others who were absent. He was forced to live like a robber, having nothing beyond what he could plunder from others. However, we will say nothing of these things which are acts of a more hardy sort of villainy, 
let us speak rather of his meaner descriptions of worthlessness you with those jaws of yours and those sides of yours and that strength of body suited to a gladiator drank such quantities of wine at the marriage of hippia that you were forced to vomit the next day in the sight of the roman people oh action disgraceful not merely to see but even to hear of if this had happened to you at supper amid those vast drinking cups of yours who would not have thought it scandalous but an assembly of the roman people a man holding a public office a master of the horse to whom it would have been disgraceful even to belch vomiting filled his own bosom and the whole tribunal with fragments of what he had been eating reeking with wine but he himself confesses this among his other disgraceful acts let us proceed to his more splendid offences caesar came back from alexandria fortunate as he seemed at least to himself but in my opinion no one can be fortunate who is unfortunate for the republic the spear was set up in front of the temple of jupiter stator and the property of cnaeus pompeius magnus miserable that i am for even now that my tears have ceased to flow my grief remains deeply implanted in my heart the property i say of cnaeus pompeius the great was submitted to the pitiless voice of the auctioneer on that one occasion the state forgot its slavery and groaned aloud and though men's minds were enslaved as everything was kept under by fear still the groans of the roman people were free while all men were waiting to see who would be so impious who would be so mad who would be so declared an enemy to gods and to men as to dare to mix himself up with that wicked auction no one was found except antonius even though there were plenty of men collected round that spear who would have dared anything else footnote mr young observes that the custom of erecting a spear wherever an auction was held is well known it is said to have arisen from the ancient practice of selling under a spear the booty acquired in war End footnote. one man alone was found to dare to do that which the audacity of every one else had shrunk from and shuddered at were you then seized with such stupidity or should i rather say with such insanity is not to see that if you being of the rank in which you were born acted as a broker at all and above all as a broker in the case of pompeius's property you would be execrated and hated by the roman people and that all gods and all men must at once become and forever continue hostile to you but with what violence did that glutton immediately proceed to take possession of the property of that man to whose valour it had been owing that the roman people had been more terrible to foreign nations while his justice had made it dearer to them when therefore this fellow had begun to wallow in the treasures of that great man he began to exult like a buffoon in a play who has lately been a beggar and who has become suddenly rich but as some poet or other says ill-gotten gains comes quickly to an end it is an incredible thing and almost a miracle how he in a few not months but days squandered all that vast wealth there was an immense quantity of wine 
excessive abundance of very valuable plate much precious apparel great quantities of splendid furniture and other magnificent things in many places such as one was likely to see belonging to a man who was not indeed luxurious but who was very wealthy of all this in a few days there was nothing left what charybdis was ever so voracious charybdis do i say charybdis if she existed at all was only one animal the ocean, I swear most solemnly, appears scarcely capable of having swallowed up such numbers of things so widely scattered and distributed in such different places with such rapidity. Nothing was shut up, nothing sealed up, no list was made of anything. Whole storehouses were abandoned to the most worthless of men actors seized on this actresses on that the house was crowded with gamblers and full of drunken men people were drinking all day and that too in many places there were added to all this expense for this fellow was not invariably fortunate heavy gambling losses you might see in the cellars of the slaves couches covered with the most richly embroidered counterpanes of cnaeus pompeius wonder not then that all these things were so soon consumed such profligacy as that could have devoured not only the patrimony of one individual however ample it may have been as indeed his was but whole cities and kingdoms and then his houses and gardens oh the cruel audacity did you dare to enter into that house did you dare to cross that most sacred threshold and to show your most profligate countenance to the household gods who protect that abode a house for which a long time no one could behold no one can pass by without tears are you not ashamed to dwell so long in that house one in which stupid and ignorant as you are still you can see nothing which is not painful to you when you behold those beaks of ships in the vestibule and those warlike trophies do you fancy that you are entering into a house which belongs to you it is impossible although you are devoid of all sense and all feeling as in truth you are still you are acquainted with yourself and with your trophies and with your friends nor do i believe that you either waking or sleeping can ever act with quiet sense it is impossible but that were you ever so drunk and frantic as in truth you are when the recollection of the appearance of that illustrious man comes across you you should be roused from sleep by your fears and often stirred up to madness if awake i pity even the walls and the roof for what had that house ever beheld except what was modest except what proceeded from the purest principles and from the most virtuous practice for that man was o conscript fathers as you yourselves know not only illustrious abroad but also admirable at home and not more praiseworthy for his exploits in foreign countries than for his domestic arrangements now in his house every bedchamber is a brothel 
and every dining-room a cook-shop. Although he denies this, do not, do not make inquiries. He has become economical. He desired that mistress of his to take possession of whatever belonged to her, according to the laws of the Twelve Tables. He has taken his keys from her, and turned her out of doors. What a well-tried citizen! Of what proved virtue is he? The most honorable passages in whose life is the one when he divorced himself from that actress. Though you yourself took no personal share in it, partly through timidity, partly through profligacy, you had tasted, or rather had sucked on, the blood of fellow-citizens. You had been in the battle of Pharsalia as a leader. You had slain Lucius Domitius, a most illustrious and high-born man. You had pursued and put to death in the most barbarous manner many men who had escaped from the battle, and whom Caesar would perhaps have saved, as he did some others. And after having performed these exploits, what was the reason why you did not follow Caesar into Africa? especially when so large a portion of the war was still remaining and accordingly what place did you obtain about caesar's person after his return from africa what was your rank he whose quester you had been when general whose master of the horse when he was dictator to whom you had been the chief cause of war the chief instigator of cruelty the sharer of his plunder his son as you yourself said by inheritance proceeded against you for the money which you owed for the house and gardens and for the other property which you had bought at that sale at first you answered fiercely enough and that i may not appear prejudiced against you in every particular you used a tolerably just and reasonable argument what does caius caesar demand money of me why should he do so any more than i should claim it of him was he victorious without my assistance no and he never could have been it was i who supplied him with a pretext for civil war it was i who proposed mischievous laws it was i who took up arms against the consuls and generals of the roman people against the senate and people of rome against the gods of the country against its altars and hearths against the country itself as he conquered for himself alone why should not those men, whose common work the achievement is, have the booty also in common? You were only claiming your right. But what had that to do with it? He was the more powerful of the two. Oh, how splendid was that eloquence of yours when you harangued the people stark naked! What could be more foul than this, more shameful than this, more deserving of every sort of punishment? Are you waiting for me to prick you more? This that I am saying must tear you and bring blood enough if you have any feeling at all. I am afraid that I may be detracting from the glory of some most eminent men. Still, my indignation shall find a voice. What can be more scandalous than for that man to live who placed a diadem on a man's head when everyone confesses that that man was deservedly slain, who rejected it. And moreover, he caused it to be recorded in the annals under the head of Lupercalia, 
that marcus antonius the consul by command of the people had offered the kingdom to caius caesar perpetual dictator and that caesar had refused to accept it i now am not much surprised at your seeking to disturb the general tranquillity at your hating not only the city but the light of day and at your living with a pack of abandoned robbers disregarding the day and yet regarding nothing beyond the day for where can you be safe in peace what place can there be for you where laws and courts of justice have sway both of which you as far as in your lay destroyed by the substitution for kingly power was it for this that lucius tarquinius was driven out that spurius cassius and spurius malius and marcus manlius were slain that many years afterward a king might be established at rome by marcus antonius though that bare idea was impiety however let us return to the auspices oh what a splendid progress of yours was that in the months of april and may when you attempted even to lead a colony to capua how you made your escape from thence or rather how you barely made your escape we all know and now you are still threatening that city i wish you would try and we should not then be forced to say barely however what a splendid progress of yours that was why need i mention your preparations for banquets why your frantic hard drinking those things are only an inquiry to yourself these are injuries to us we thought that a great blow was inflicted on the republic when the campanian district was released from the payment of taxes in order to be given to the soldiery but you have divided it among your partners in drunkenness and gambling i tell you o conscript fathers that a lot of buffoons and actresses have been settled in the district of campania why should i now complain of what has been done in the district of leontini although formerly these lands of campania and leontini were considered part of the patrimony of the roman people and were productive of great revenue and very fertile you gave your physician three thousand acres what would you have done if he had cured you and two thousand to your master of oratory what would you have done if he had been able to make you eloquent in public transactions nothing is more authoritative than law in private affairs the most valid of all deeds is a will of the laws some he abolished without giving the least notice others he gave notice of bills to abolish wills he annulled though they have been at all times held sacred even in the case of the very meanest of the citizens as for the statues and pictures which caesar bequeathed to the people together with his gardens those he carried away some to the house which belonged to pompeius and some to scipio's villa are you then diligent in doing honour to caesar's memory do you love him even now that he is dead what greater honour had he obtained than that of having a holy cushion an image a temple and a priest as then jupiter and mars and quirinus have priests so marcus antonius is the priest of the god julius why then do you delay 
Why are you not inaugurated? Choose a day. Select someone to inaugurate you. We are colleagues. No one will refuse. You detestable man. Whether you are the priest of a tyrant or of a dead man. I ask you, then, whether you are ignorant what day this is. Why are you ignorant that yesterday was the fourth day of the Roman games in the circus? And that you yourself submitted a motion to the people that a fifth day should be added besides, in honor of Caesar? Why are we not all clad in the pretexta? Why are we permitting the honor which by your law was appointed for Caesar to be deserted? Had you no objection to so holy a day being polluted by the addition of supplications while you did not choose it to be so by the addition of ceremonies connected with a sacred cushion? Either take away religion in every case, or preserve it in every case. Recollect then, O Marcus Antonius, that day on which you abolished the dictatorship, set before you the joy of the Senate and people of Rome, compare it with this infamous market held by you and by your friends, and then you will understand how great is the difference between praise and profit. But in truth, just as some people, through some disease which has blunted the senses, have no conception of the niceness of food, so men who are lustful, avaricious, and criminal have no taste for true glory. But if praise cannot allure you to act rightly, still cannot even fear turn you away from the most shameful actions? You are not afraid of the courts of justice. If it is because you are innocent, I praise you. If because you trust in your power of overbearing them by violence, are you ignorant of what that man has to fear, who on such an account as that does not fear the courts of justice? But if you are not afraid of brave men and illustrious citizens, because they are prevented from attacking you by your armed retinue, still, believe me, your own fellows will not long endure you. And what a life it is, day and night, to be fearing danger from one's own people. Unless, indeed, you have men who are bound to you by greater kindnesses. Then some of those men by whom he was slain were bound to Caesar, or unless there are points in which you can be compared with him. In that man were combined genius, method, memory, literature, prudence, deliberation, and industry. He had performed exploits in war, which, though calamitous for the Republic, were nevertheless mighty deeds. Having for many years aimed at being a king, he had with great labor and much personal danger accomplished what he intended. He had conciliated the ignorant multitude by presents, by monuments, by largesse of food, and by banquets. He had bound his own party to him by rewards, his adversaries by the appearances of clemency. Why need I say much on such a subject? He had already brought a free city, partly by fear, partly by patience, into a habit of slavery. With him I can indeed compare you as to your desire to reign, but in all other respects you are in no degree to be compared to him. But from the many evils which by him have been burnt into the Republic there is still this good, that the Roman people has now learnt how much to believe everyone 
to whom to trust itself and against whom to guard do you never think on these things and do you not understand that it is enough for brave men to have learnt how noble a thing it is as to the act how grateful it is as to the benefit done how glorious is to the fame acquired to slay a tyrant when men could not bear him do you think they will bear you believe me the time will come when men will race with one another to do this deed and when no one will wait for the tardy arrival of an opportunity consider i beg you marcus antonius do some time or other consider the republic think of the family of which you are born not of the men with whom you are living be reconciled to the republic however do you decide on your conduct as to mine i myself will declare what that shall be i defended the republic as a young man i will not abandon it now that i am old i scorned the sword of catiline i will not quail before yours no i will rather cheerfully expose my own person if the liberty of the city can be restored by my death End of section 17